Isaiah 53.6 goes, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned each of us to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's what it says. Only it really doesn't say it that way at all. That's, that's not what God told the prophet to say. He didn't say uh, that he had laid all of our sin on Jesus the way you would lay a blanket gently on a cold child at night or carefully lay a saddle on a horse. No, what he said was something uh, far more violent because the word that he gave him to use was to strike as you would strike an image into a coin or strike a brand into a sheep. What Isaiah actually said was, and the Lord struck into him the sin of us all. And I'm here to tell you that that's exactly what's been happening to Jesus all day long. Actually, since about midnight, when the soldiers came into an olive grove called Gethsemane and arrested him. That wasn't the first time that Jesus and his disciples had spent the night in that particular olive orchard, but this time was different. The three disciples that Jesus took with him into the heart of that orchard would later say that they had never seen him so pale, so agitated, so upset. He told them to stop and pray, and he went on farther. And, and before they dozed off, they could see him a ways up there, having fallen from his knees onto his face, crying and crying out to God. It was like that, quiet for a couple of hours, and then suddenly the night exploded with noise and with light. There must have been 200 of them. They came in a mass in the front, the, some of the Jewish bigwigs surrounded by their thugs, and behind them enough Roman soldiers to start a war. And funny, leading them all <clears throat> right out there in front, one of Jesus' disciples, one of his inner circle, and when Jesus appeared out of the dark, Judas went right up to him and started kissing him back and forth, back and forth on, on both cheeks, clearly a signal, this is the one you want. And the swords came out and the, and the Jewish clubs came up and nothing happened. Jesus offered no resistance and his disciples melted back into the darkness that the soldiers were taking no chances. So they tied Jesus' hands behind his back and they led him through the quiet streets. About 1 a.m. now, they led him through the streets to the mansion of old Annas. Annas was no longer the high priest. He'd retired, but he was still the Jewish godfather. He and his family controlled almost everything that happened in Jewish Jerusalem. And he'd been expecting them. And so in, in they traipsed and, 
And they put Jesus up in front of them. And, and Annas had a kind of inquisition, oozing hatred the whole time. And when Jesus dared to look him in the eye and speak directly to him at one point, Annas made a motion and a, one of his thugs nearby whacked Jesus across the face. There in the house of Annas, the Lord struck into him the sin of us all. That was a hard hour in Annas' house. And when it was over... Anna sent him off, still hands behind his back, across the street to his son-in-law's house, the house of Caiaphas. Caiaphas was the high priest. And in Caiaphas' house, Caiaphas had a sort of a show of a trial. He called out of their beds dozens of the scribes and the elders, the people that they called the Sanhedrin. And he set up sort of an official kind of a trial, though it was all illegal. Then they called up witnesses. And the witnesses who were supposed to prove that Jesus was worthy of death said one thing, and then they said another thing, and they contradicted themselves, and they lied, and, and the whole thing sort of fell apart. But that only seemed to make uh, these Jewish muckety-mucks angrier. And they, uh, they made Jesus talk and then accused him of blasphemy and, and sentenced him to death. And then when Jesus didn't cry or beg for his life, they lost it. They started circling him and, and spitting in his face and, and hitting him. And... Uh, and somebody uh, said, blindfold him, and they put a blindfold on, and, and then they'd start slapping him and hitting him and saying, hey, Mr. Know-it-all, who hit you? It was horrible. Hour after hour like that in Caiaphas's house, as the Lord struck into him the sin of us all. It finally came about six o'clock in the morning, uh, so they could uh, wake up the Romans because it took the Romans to execute the sentence of capital punishment. So they, they marched him across town to the house of Pilate, the governor. Pilate was not happy, as you can imagine, that he was gotten out of bed to, to listen to these Jews who now were accusing Jesus of different crimes entirely, of rebellion against Rome, of, of teaching people that he was a king instead of Caesar. And besides that, they said up in Galilee, he encouraged people not to pay taxes. And the moment Pilate heard the word Galilee, he said, stop right there. I don't want to hear another word. It just so happens that, that Herod, the king of Galilee, is in Jerusalem this week. Take him over to Herod. So with his hands tied behind his back, they took him next door to the palace of King Herod. And again, they accused Jesus of, of, of rebellion against Rome and all kinds of crimes against the Caesar. But Herod had heard this song and dance before. He didn't take any of it seriously. And, and he certainly didn't take this Galilean peasant, a bloody mess, seriously. 
So just for fun, he, he told his men to put the robe of a king on him. And then they marched around him and they made fun of him. And, and then he sent him back to Pilate. By that time, it was light and the Jews had gotten enough people to form a mob outside of Pilate's house and to continually chant, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Pilate couldn't eat breakfast. His wife was upset. Crucify him outside their window. Crucify him. And, and they brought him in and accused him and, and, and threatened him. And finally, Pilate had had enough. And he did. He sentenced him to death to death by the Roman method of crucifixion, to start, as always, by, by flogging. So they tied Jesus down and they brought out the, the, the whip with the leather strips with glass and stone and sharp bone embedded in the ends, and, and they began hitting him, and it would pull on the flesh, and they start the bleeding, and again and again, the Lord struck into him the sin of us all. And then they stood him up in front and, and again put a purple robe on him. And they said, you want to be a king, we'll make you a king. And the Romans made him a king. A purple robe and a crown on his head, only it was a crown of thorns. And as they pushed it down, his head became a fountain. And then they marched around spitting on him. They gave him a scepter of a king and then would snatch it out of his hands and hit him on the head with it. And for that awful hour, his father struck into him the sin of us all. And then they made him kneel and they put a 100-pound beam across his neck and led him through the streets up to the place the Romans called Calvary and the Jews called Golgotha. And there they laid him down on the crossbeam and, and they hammered those large Roman nails through his wrists and then through his ankles, hammering those in, striking into him the sin of us all. And then up went the post and down into the ground and suddenly Jesus struggled for breath, having to pull against the nails to breathe. His hair matted with blood, his head dripping, his eyelids and his cheeks crusted with spittle, the insects on him. He could not brush them away, birds circling overhead, his lungs bursting, his legs cramping, but worst of all, the beatings on his heart. His friend had betrayed him. His best friends had run away from him. These people whom he created and came to save, hating him, wanting him to suffer, wanting him to die. And worst of all, his own father up in heaven, striking him, beating him with the sins of the world and drawing away from him. And then at noon, the darkness fell like a heavy curtain. It hadn't fallen like that since the days of Egypt. When it fell like a curtain for three days just before the firstborn sons died, and those three days now compressed into the three darkest hours in history, and voices sounded muffled and eerie and satanic and hellish 
out of the dark. For three hours, he hung there struggling against the nails. And when the darkness began to lift, suddenly Jesus couldn't breathe. And to breathe, he pulled against the nails and the pain lanced through him. And the Father struck into him the sin of us all. And he cried out three final words in loneliness, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? A word of finality, it is finished. A word of death, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And then, and then, he died. He died. All we like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have wandered his own way. And the Lord, out of his sublime love, struck into him the sin of us all. Let's pray. It must have been terrible this day so many years ago, Lord, for you to have to strike our sin into your own son. It must have been terrible for you as well as for him. And here we are to remember it as you've asked us to do. We know our sin. And today we know how that sin hurt you and hurt your son. In Jesus' name, amen.